save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another jam-packed edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, one of the founding editors of RedLegNation.com. Thanks for joining us today. We've got an exciting episode. Later on, our own host, Bill Lack, has another fantastic interview with one of our Red Leg Nation spotlight players, one of our minor league players that check in with Red Leg Nation on a regular basis, let us know how things are going, and allow us to sort of peek into the life of a, a guy trying to make the major leagues with the Cincinnati Reds. First, a fairly interesting signing this week with the Reds. The Reds uh, offered Johnny Gomes and signed him to a minor league deal. Now, this is a signing that really I like in particular. First of all, it's low risk. It's a minor league deal. If it doesn't work out, fine, it doesn't work out. He, uh, The Reds have really expended very little to get him, and they'll be out a little, if he, very little if he doesn't make it. However, the reward in this is fairly significant. Uh, I think Gomes is a pretty decent bet to be a pretty good platoon partner with Chris Dickerson in left field if the Reds are unable to sign a big bat to play out there. So I'm pretty excited about this, this fact. Uh, the, the, the splits on those two guys, Dickerson and Gomes, are really, really interesting. And, and I think that if you play them correctly, um, you know, from my uh, mouth to Dusty Baker's ears, play them correctly, you got a chance of be, having a decent platoon out there. Gomes is not a great... Uh, fielder in particular, but uh, you know he really has some interesting numbers in the past, and I think it's a pretty good bet to exceed what he did last year, which was granted not very well. A couple of interesting comments from uh, some of our favorite Red Leg Nation contributors this week about that signing. The first was from uh, commenter Dan, and uh, he, he notes first of all that Gomes is only 28 which is not necessarily young enough to be a true prospect, but uh, in terms of free agents available under the age of 30, he was uh, maybe one of the best ones available. And he says this, Dan says, when you have a freely available 28-year-old with these numbers, you go forward and roll the dice. Now, I agree. Gomes is a major league numbers, uh, OPS just under 800, uh, about uh, 780. Not fantastic when you consider uh, uh, what position he plays, left field. But uh, his minor league stats, we're looking at OPS of uh, about 927 which is, I mean, no question about it, that's outstanding. So, and you're not, not that you're necessarily going to expect him to top those numbers in the majors, but if he gets anywhere close to that numbers, mid-800s, uh, this is a valuable player. And he has shown some success in the major leagues with Tampa, certainly, especially in his rookie year. Uh, he strikes out uh, too much, but I agree with Danza says this is a perfect assessment that this is a perfect buy-low move. Another commenter, Tom, he notes uh, that some of the projections, if you combine some of the projections out there for um, Gomes' year next year, projects him to have just under 800 OPS. Um, and he says, uh, quote, a nice pickup of a guy coming off of a down year who has a good shot at a rebound. 
This guy has a pretty good shot at helping the Reds this season. Good signing. I agree. Now, this is not one of these world beater, stop the presses, uh, somebody call ESPN, let's get this on the Sports Center moves. Uh, really, probably nobody's paying attention to it much other than us. Uh, you and I, uh, two obsessive uh, fans of the Reds, but uh, we are quick to be critical when we think the Reds are making the wrong moves, and there have been plenty of those over the last decade, but... In this instance, it's a small move, but uh, one that could pay dividends. I think it's a good signing by GM Walt Jockety. All right. Now, what else do we have going on? Um, not a whole lot else, frankly. Uh, Walt Jockety uh, has said that he's talked uh, a little bit more with uh, Bobby Abreu's agent. Doesn't look like anything's going to be able to happen there. It's uh, just sort of a, a slow time. A lot, of, a lot of free agents out there not signing. A lot of free agents uh, sort of waiting to see what's going to happen in the market. The economy's uh, playing a uh, playing a bit of a, a factor there, obviously. So uh, not a whole lot going on now. On the other hand, we'll go ahead and transition at this point into our interview with Matt Klinker. Klinker, of course, is a right-handed pitcher drafted out of Furman University who had a really pretty good year when you look at his entire year last year for the Reds. Uh, we're all hoping that he uh, starts the year in double-A uh, for Cincinnati this year with the Carolina Mudcats. Um, I think that'd be outstanding if he has a good spring. Maybe that's possible. And, and, and Matt talks a little bit about that, this in that interview. We're going to present for you the first half of that interview. It's a very long interview because it was so fascinating. Bill, uh, Bill Lack, our interviewer, just could not uh, find, figure out where to, where to end it. And it really is. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a, a fascinating interview. Matt is an unbelievable young man. Uh, very interesting, very bright and very dedicated and passionate about making the major leagues for the Cincinnati Reds. So, without further ado, I give you Bill Lack and Matt Klinker of the Cincinnati Reds organization. Here we are, Red Lake Nation. Sit down today and talk a little bit with Matt Klinker. How you doing today, Matt? Doing great. Tell us what you've been doing all the offseason. Uh, working a little uh, 9 to 5, 8 to 4.30 job at uh, PhilTech Technologies in, the, in Westchester little uh, warehouse distribution center, and then uh, giving uh, private instructions at Champions Baseball. And then I had my illustrious coaching career debut, um, coaching a 10-year-old team down at a holiday tournament at uh, Disney World uh, over the new year. So you spent some time at Disney World. I did, a little vacay. Really enjoyed it. Very nice. Uh, tell us about your, what you do in the off season to, to stay in shape, and, and if you're doing anything different this year than you did last year. Uh, it's definitely not exactly the same. A lot, a lot of similar similar similarities. Um, a lot of cardio. Um, trying to stay off the weights until about right now, um, right at the turn of the new year is when starting to hit the weights hard. A lot of elliptical, a lot of bike, a lot of running. Just trying to stay with those three things. Um, I got in a swimming pool a little bit just to, to keep the back uh, in shape when I wasn't throwing. Um, not as stressful as throwing on a mound, obviously, you know, uh, no, no force. And, uh, you know, still keep those muscles firing. So, uh, you know, just try to keep it, mix it up. You don't want to get burned out before the season. Uh, you know, obviously the season's not a sprint. It's definitely a marathon. So you want to peak out at the right time, you know, right when you're, Showing up to spring training, you know, there's no point in uh, getting ready too early. Do you want to, you said you want to be ready when you get to spring training. You don't want to be working yourself into shape. Does the team expect you to be in, in 
in, in work, you know, top of the fit when you when you get down there when you when the see when the spring training starts? I mean, when we get down there, we're throwing bullpens about you know day one or day two. You're on the mound. Um, now our throwing program has us throwing about 35 or 40 pitches when we get down there. I normally like to sit about 50 or 55. That's where I showed up last year. I even might have been at 60. I felt going into last year I had a lot to work on. Um, and I, I, I did a lot of work last offseason to, to really work on my curveball, getting it down in the zone, and then on, on my two-seamer, um, switching over from the college ball with the big seams to the pro ball with, with smaller seams. My two-seamer just got really flat, and um, so I've almost – Entirely switched to all four seam fastballs now. Does does the team help you set up your off season training regimen, or, or is that something you do on your own? Uh, they definitely give you a pretty tailored, um, you know, program to stick to as far as conditioning with running and other cardiovascular exercise. They also give you a nice strength program to stay uh, to stick to, and then um, also a throwing program as well for conditioning your arm. Um, now, I don't go exactly by it. I use it kind of as a guide, um, definitely as my minimum requirements I have to hit. I normally go pretty much um, over and above for, for all the required things um, that they, they uh, ask us to do. Do you, we talked, I think it was last summer, and you were telling me something I hadn't thought of is, is when you're on your motion, you come down on your front leg hard. You know, over, you, and over, over and over and over. Yeah. And you said that was a lot of strain on, was it your hip and your yeah. knee? Hip, knee, low back. I mean, you take a beating. Um, and, you know, towards the end of the season, I had a little bit of, you know, some some pain in the lower back. I don't even know if I'd call it pain, just some, you know, discomfort. And, uh, you know, I worked with uh, one of the trainers down in Sarasota, you know, about just exercises I can do to kind of balance it out. And uh, he's like, you know, just try to do everything repeated uh, that you do on one side, try to do it on the other. Um, but I'm not an ambidextrous pitcher. So, uh, you know, it's just trying to keep a happy medium. If You know, what I'll try to do is if I swing in the cage, I know pitchers don't hit, but if I take swings in the cage, I'll try to, you know, I'll try to take some dry swings, swinging as a lefty too. Or, uh, you know, sometimes when, you know, when I play golf, you know, I'll try to swing the other way as a left-handed hitter too. And, um you know, I think the main thing is just having a strong core and then, uh, you know, just stretching um, so it doesn't just tighten up on you. Okay, let's, let's review last year a little bit. Let's, let's talk about some things in Dayton. Okay. They do a lot of promotional stuff for the fans in Dayton. Is, is that distracting to the players at all? Uh, I mean, I guess it can be. I, it, personally, it wasn't for me. Uh, I loved it pretty much on the nights I pitched. I got into a pretty good sink early on in the season where, you know, uh, sometimes you'll you'll delay going out there to the mound because you know that a promotion at certain innings is going to be longer. So you'll just get an extra, you know, couple seconds uh, to cool off and think about the next inning, and then, uh, and then you go out there and warm up like normal. And really, I liked it because I actually appreciated it on the off nights. So, you know, because I didn't play every night, you know, I could – I could watch it, be entertained on the four nights I didn't pitch, and then on the night I did pitch, you know, I had already seen it. It, it. You know, it wasn't anything new or distracting. I pretty much could just block it out. In Dayton, are the players instructed to work the fence before the game? Is that is that considered part of the job? Uh, I mean, they definitely don't tell you like, hey, you got to go out there right now. 
Um, I think the players do enjoy it, and I think pretty much everybody is kind of has a general understanding, an unspoken understanding that this is Dayton. It's close to Cincinnati. They get a great, great crowd, a great draw. Um, you know, it's something you need to do. It's uh, you know part of the process of uh, de- developing yourself off the field, your personality, your how you interact with fans. Um, that's just that's what you do. That's how you're a Class A ball player. You know. Can Can you pick out a time your best experience with a fan on in Dayton? I mean, there was tons. Um, you know, we got to go on some school visits during the day um, and hang out at some schools uh, with our mascot heater. Um, it, it was great. There's uh, there's just so many. I I would say I had more interactions with some of the. Uh, some of the workers there, like some of the ushers, when I would be warming up, you know, they'd be sitting people in the front row, and I'd say hi to them. There's one right down by the bullpen named Ted, great guy, and uh, you know, every night I'd just go say hi to him and took care of my some of my friends sometimes and my family. So I mean, it was awesome. It's it's a remarkable experience. Um, you know, obviously, I hope I, I don't have to uh, repeat it. But uh, you know, for the for the few months I was there, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, nothing against Dayton. You just no, don't want to yeah, go back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did you ever have any problems with fans, or do you know of any players that had problems with fans? I don't. I'm trying to. Th- I don't. I don't really think so. Um, maybe on the road, uh, but I, I mean, I mean, obviously the fight, you know, kind of got crazy. You know, yeah. I mean, you don't want. Once the game starts, you really don't want too much interaction with the fans. Kind of zone in. You're getting paid to play the game. Um, you know that is your first priority. Um, so no, I mean it was pretty pretty well controlled, and they're great. I mean most of the fans there are educated. They know when to cheer. They know when not to cheer. They know uh, who to support. You know, I, I mean they're really educated fans there. There's a big difference in the Midwest League moving around from ballpark to ballpark, you know, in terms of size of fans and, and how enthusiastic they are, that kind of thing? Uh, there was, I mean, they were, really it was basically half and half. There were some stadiums that uh, definitely didn't equal Dayton, but, uh, you know, they, they tried to. They, they did their best. Uh, Midland, Michigan, uh, for the Great Lake Loons, I mean, they just have a brand-new ballpark, uh, you know, built by Dow Chemical. Um, it's, I mean, it's a great place. They they pack it out almost every night when it wasn't too cold, and uh, both those days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Western Michigan uh, was also a great place. I think they were second in the league in attendance, and uh, they had a really good team first off, and they tried to pack it out too. How is playing in A ball? How is playing in high A ball different than low A ball and different than rookie league? Uh, rookie league, I mean. I had terrible numbers in rookie ball. It's an experience I'm going to try to forget as much as I can. You know, I got initiated to the organization, and that was about as far as the positives went. You know, my arm was, I really think my arm dragged um, from college ball. I just, I wasn't, I mean, what I do take away is I wasn't in the best condition uh, physically. So, I mean, I can definitely draw on the negatives, try to turn those into positives now. I mean, I had fun. Montana was beautiful. Um... You know, I look back on it and see the success I had this year, and I was like, how did I get hit so hard in rookie ball? And uh, I don't think the hitters were better. I just think my stuff wasn't as good. Um, but maybe I needed that. Maybe I needed a little pressure on myself. And then uh, a low A ball, 
A um, lot of good guys, but again, it's you know it's another one of those weed out levels. You know, a lot of guys can't get over low A. Um, you know, you're going to see both. You're going to see a lot of young guys with tons of potential, and then you're going to see guys that are a little older that uh, you know are more uh, of the professional guys, the more consistent guys. Um, and then once you get to high A, like I said, the low A is kind of a weed out. Once you get to high A, uh, I think it's uh, it's another big step um, where, I mean, I saw a lot of double A, triple A guys that have been, you know, because I was there at the end of the season, who have been sent down. Um, you know, there's also a bunch of major league rehab guys, Gary Sheffield, Dontrell Willis, Shannon Stewart, um, that were all there when I was there so I mean you're gonna see a wide range of uh of guys that uh, are in high A just because it's a lot of spring training homes where uh, they do major league rehab and basically is their their home away from home um from their major league organization for those that, that aren't aware of your season last year you, you developed a nickname last year Mr. Rain Man tell us about how you became known as the Rain Man my first 17 starts, I ran into inclement weather 13 uh, times. Um, either a rain delay or pushed back a night because of the rain or it would just rain the night of the game. And, uh, you know, I really, looking back, I thought I would do worse than I did. I, I mean, some games, it definitely affected me. Um, but most of the games, you know, it, it, it just almost, I almost became accustomed to it. Um, I think the big game where it was really the the switch where it went from a burden to something I just dealt with was uh, the night Weathers was there. You know, going into the season from spring training, they said, Clinker, you're going to be a starter. Here you go. Um, and, you know, Weathers, he came up to me personally that night, and uh, he said, do you mind if I, I get the first inning and get my work in just in case the game's canceled? And I said, hey, you're, you're a major leaguer. You guys definitely take priority, president. So, uh, you know, he went out there. I had to come in basically in relief, even though it was basically I knew what inning I was going in. And, you know, I did pretty well that night. So I knew, hey, you know, you can do this, do anything, you know, focus in. And that's all, that's all it takes. did you feel like seven shutout innings, innings that night or something? I don't know. Um... Usually, the, your nickname kind of got you some TV exposure too, didn't it? Yeah, got to do the weather for a radio station, or I'm sorry, a, a TV station, and um, it, that was pretty ironic. I liked it. It was a good day. You mentioned the uh, the fight, the brawl game, as I as I posted. The brawl. You weren't on the field. You Wasn't were, on the field. You were in the stands that night yep. charting. I was on the, in the stands charting with uh, one of my college teammates who was playing for Peoria. Actually, just got named the uh, number nine prospect in the Chicago Cubs organization. Uh, Jay Jackson had an electric year last year. Um, but yeah, he he looked at me about right when the brawl was settling down, and he's like, "Do we need to fight each other?" <laughs> so you guys didn't mix it up in the in the no, not too much. Play, I mean, right? we, we had the GM and <laughs> scouting directors up there. So yeah, you had a full. Like, that's right. All the big wigs yeah, from, from the ball from we had the ball club. A, we had a lot of. Right? A lot of brass in the stands that night, and uh, I don't think uh, Mr. Jockety was happy that that was his first trip to Dayton. What was what was the clubhouse like after the game? Um, it, I mean, it was rah rah, you know, like 
we're going to sweep these guys, which I think I think we ended up sweeping them. Um, you know, it, it definitely brought the team together. Um, anytime you have something like that go on, it, you know, it's going to bring your team together, and it, I think that's really what m- helped make you know lead Dayton into the playoffs and the have the half. second strong push in the second half. Um, but it, you know, we had a great team last year, and. And Donnie Scott really knew how to handle the situation. I'm not sure if he had been in a brawl before, but uh, he handled it uh, just as well as I think anybody could have. You pitched the next night, didn't you? The next night did pitch. Was was anything said to you about anything to do with the night before? Yeah, I definitely had a couple of phone calls, and the brass was still in town, so they definitely made it clear to me that I was not to initiate or retaliate to any type of beanball war or um, taunting. So I think you did hit somebody, didn't you? I, it was an 0-2 count. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, one of the things that... that you probably went, oh, crap. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. No, I, you know, one of the things I really worked with last year was, uh, you know, 0-2, 1-2, head in the count, bust the guy in, you know. I mean, make him move his feet. Then you got the whole outside of the plate to attack on the next pitch. Um, I'm not a big proponent of wasting a pitch. You know, I definitely like to be efficient with my pitches. Uh, but you know, you're gonna get a lot of guys swinging at it. Uh, you know, definitely in low A, high A. You know, at the the lower levels, you might get an umpire to ring them up on it. Um, and then if not, definitely have them set up for the next pitch. You won the uh, Midweek's pick, Midweek, Midwest League Pitcher of the Week Award. You won the Dayton Pitcher of the Month Award, both in July. Have you ever had a successful run? I mean, you had a heck of a July for the Dragons. Have you ever had a run like that as, on the map? Uh, my sophomore year in college, we started 11-19 uh, and 19 at the beginning of the season. Uh, I was kind of like a, our go-to relief guy, like our fireman guy out of the bullpen. Whenever there's a threat, you know, they threw me in there. At the beginning of the season, didn't really do well. Kind of reminds me of Billings, you know, a reliever guy. Didn't do too well. But then second half of the year for Furman, they moved me to a starting rotation. I think in my, like, my last 32 innings, I had like a .9 ERA. Really threw the ball well. Um, led us into the conference tournament. We ended up winning the conference tournament, getting an NCAA bid. But besides, you know, last summer, about six or seven starts, and then my sophomore year in college, Definitely have not had. I mean, I don't. I don't take credit for it. You know, I think all the stars and the planets aligned, and you know, it was just one of those things that happened. Uh, but it was definitely a heck of a run, and I enjoyed it. It was a fun time pitching every every five days. You know how you play a little golf like I do. Definitely, probably better than me. But you know how when when you're playing golf and you're playing well, the game feels really easy. Oh, it's easy when you're pitching well. Does it seem like it's easy? And when you're struggling, does it seem like it's a much more difficult game? I don't know about difficult because sometimes you'll go out there and you're like, man, the ball's exploding off my hand and guys will just tattoo you. Uh, I mean, like the the time I pitched in, uh, when I was in Sarasota, gave up 10 earned runs in three in the third inning or something crazy like that. I mean, it was just, you know, I felt I had good stuff. I was kind of working, I, I, you know, trying to work away in the zone. And they were just all over me. And it wasn't that it was hard, you know. It was just tip your cap. Those guys are hitting today. And, you know, 
it, it's weird, you know. You you think you want to come away with a problem or, or a solution to the problem, but you know, even after ten runs, you know, you kind of just look back on it and you're like, well, I hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> Don't really know how to prevent it, but if you, how would you review? If you had to review your time in Dayton as a, as a pitcher, what would you? How would you review it? Would you so you, you just you know? Well, I, I didn't travel too well. I think my ERA, ERA on the road was like a five point something. My ERA at home was like two point something. So uh, you know the friendly confines of Fifth Third Field. Were, you like pitching in front of big crowds. That's oh it yeah, I love the crowds. Do you, um, do you like pitching in front of friends and family? You know, in 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 college. In high school, I didn't. In high school, I'm not sure if it was, you know, a little ADD or what. Uh, I don't have ADD, but uh, I don't know if I was distracted. Didn't really do my best in front of parents and friends and family. Um, in college, maybe because I was away and I really, you know, it didn't happen too often. And when it did, I really wanted to perform. In college, whenever I'd have uncles or aunts, grandparents come, I, would, I was lights out. And, uh, you know, same thing, you know, I, my family didn't travel to away games, but they were there at home games, and it was, like you said, it was easy. And when I was doing well, it was easy. Um, it was fun. Um, I don't, I'm not sure, you know. I, I just think it, it happened. You got promoted in late July. How, how were you told that you were promoted, and were you surprised at all? Uh, well, it was the day after the brawl. Um, you know, I'd been pitching well. had that string of really good starts. There were some moves being made. Uh, Alexander Schmidt, everybody knew in the organization, was going to the Olympics. Uh, so, you know, there was talk, and, uh, you know, my agent said, hey, just keep pitching well. You don't have anything to worry about. Just keep doing well. Everything will happen. And, uh, you know, after the game, uh, you know, I wanted to go. My pitch count was about 80 pitches after seven innings. I think it was seven, maybe only six. But I, I definitely wanted to go back out one more inning and, uh, you know, Donnie calls me aside after the sixth or seventh inning, whatever I finished, and uh, he's like, "That that's that's good, good for tonight." It's like, Donnie, man, I'm good. I'm, I want to win. I want to get the W. He's like, "Hey, trust me, that's good for tonight." And I was like, "Okay, I know what that means," because Donnie's definitely a guy that wants to win ball games, whatever it takes. And I wasn't at my pitch count yet, so uh, I knew something was going to happen after the game. I think we ended up winning the next year innings. Uh, Donnie calls me in the office, uh, and normally it's just you and Donnie, and uh, I'm not sure if it was just because I had a good rapport with the other coaches, but uh, they also came in the office, and uh, you know everybody shook my hand. We also had a couple coordinators that were there that night. They were in the office, so uh, it was just, it was a, it's an awesome night. It's my first midseason promotion. You know, you see the movies where hey, I need to see you in my office, and that you know, was great news, and. I was elated. I was, you know, there was definitely the up opposite side of the coin where I was kind of sad. You know, I'd battled all year with these guys from spring training, and we were getting ready to make a big push for the playoffs. And I knew Sarasota was—they were out of it. They—they they were still a couple games. Maybe they could fight their way back, but I knew their playoff shot wasn't as high, likely. Um, so that was bittersweet, but uh, it's a great opportunity, and it was a dream come true. You know, before we move away from Dayton. You came back and you watched the Dragons play in the playoffs. Was was it kind of bittersweet to watch them in the playoffs and kind of uh, wish you were out there or not wish you were out there? I mean, I definitely wish I could have been out there. I mean, it was awesome that my season was over. You know, I had a, you know, I definitely look back on it and say it was a, you know, definitely a positive 
season. Um, so it was good to finally say, I'm done. You know, there was, I mean, there was fans that definitely remembered my face and were like, oh, are we going to get to see you suit up? And I was like, man, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard, you know. Um, no, I mean, it was fun watching him. And, uh, you know, I haven't had a playoff experience yet in professional baseball. Hopefully next year I'll get one. So you, you move on down to Sarasota. How big a transition is that, going from Dayton with 9,000 people to Sarasota where a big crowd's, what, 1,000? Uh, on, on free food on free food night or whatever? I think my first night was a Thursday. I think it was like a dollar night, dollar hot dog, dollar admission. I think we had like 1,400 there. Uh, that might have also been because Dontrell Willis was pitching that night. Not sure. That's what I was just going to say. Who'd you beat your first start yeah, in Sarasota? That, that, was, that was awesome. Um, the first week, it was an adjustment. I mean, I'm still high from the promotion. You know, you want to impress everybody. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really set in until you find your groove. You're in the, you know, the routine. The monotony of the season catches back up with you. Then you look up in the stands and see all the blue seats, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Uh, but it's definitely harder. It's harder to get jacked up and, and pumped for the game. That first game, you pitched real well. You beat, Like you said, you beat Dontrell Willis that night. Threw six and two-thirds, didn't give up a run, six hits. You can't ask much more out of a, a first appearance on a new team, can you? Uh, no, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think they were about five games out going into that first game I was with them, and hey, I wanted to make the playoffs. I was bound and determined. You know, Dontrell being on the mound opposing me was just icing on the cake. After that first start, you struggled a little bit down there. Any explanation why, or is it just, you know, what you were saying earlier, you know, that you caught guys on good nights, or you were a little off, or... Uh, you know, the the Twins game, that was about, I think, third or fourth start into the into my time in Sarasota, and... Uh, that's when you got beat up pretty yeah, good. That, yeah. That's one of the fluke things that just happens. The other time, I think I got hit pretty hard against Dunedin twice, maybe to book in the, the uh, Twins start. And that, I think, that really goes to complacency. You know, I had six or seven really good starts in a row, and I kind of thought if I just threw my glove out there that uh, I was going to strike everybody out. Um, and the boys at eating didn't, didn't agree. No, <laughs> no, they had some, they had some sticks there. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the nights, you know, I faced Shannon Stewart three times, got him out all three times, grounded into a double play once. So, I mean, it wasn't all lost, but uh, I think we did end up losing both those games. And, you know, c- complacency. So hopefully that's a lesson I'll take into this year is, you know, any night, any given night, you can't just uh, think you're going to beat somebody. you got to go out there and shove. You had told me, I think, that, that one of your goals was, was getting to 100 strikeouts on the year, I think. And you needed, what, four or five in, the, in, your, last, in your last start? Six, maybe. Was it? You had a pretty good start on August the 28th to finish out the year. It was great. Um, you know, I, I had a really good friend from college uh, named Joe Dash lives in the Sarasota area now in Bradenton. And uh, he brought some friends with him to the game that night. And, uh, you know, maybe it's friends and family back at the ball game. But uh, I don't think it was a great night. I really had my, a great curveball that night. My fastball was good, um, and my curveball was just off the table. So kind of stuck with those two pitches and uh it, it was good and, and you know it was i think it was the team i'm not saying they gave up definitely don't want to say that but uh you know it was one of the last games of the season both teams were out of it um 
you know, they, they call that the paycheck drive, you know, the payroll drive. You, you got to go out there and, uh, and, and make your statement. You know, that's your last one. You got you to gotta leave a lasting impression for next year's spring training. Yeah, six innings, two hits, no runs, a walk, and ten strikeouts. I'll take it. There ain't nothing wrong with that, yeah. Now, you all, you all had, what, six six starts at Sarasota, and I don't know if that's enough for you to, for the judges, but is there a noticeable difference in skill level between what you saw at Dayton and what you saw at Sarasota? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say notice, noticeable. Uh, I think there's definitely a step up. Um, I'm not sure if it was the team, you know, uh, you know the group of guys. Uh, I'm not saying the team, the level, just a group of guys. Uh, that I was with in Dayton, and then that I was with in uh, in Sarasota. You know, the Dayton team. You know, it goes back to a lot of fans. You know, Dayton team was more high energy. Sarasota is more like daily grind, the monotony. Not that they let that get to them, but you know, it kind of you could say it was a more professional uh, approach or a more professional um, atmosphere where you go out there and you do your work. And you know you take every at bat serious. You don't get cheated, um, and that was kind of the approach at Sarasota. A kind of a less less fun, less team, uh, more. This is how you approach for your career. Well, you you've already said that you thought you had a good year in '08. Um, when you're thinking back on the, on the season. Do you remember individual games, or do they kind of blend together over the, over the course of the year? Uh, like, I couldn't sit here and name every game, but, like, if you told me my stat line, I could remember a lot of batters, individual at-bats uh, from the season. How long do you remember that? I mean, like, do you remember games from high school? You know, can you remember individual games Certain from high games, school? definitely yeah. certain games. Can you, can you pick out a game that you thought was the best game you threw last year? Best game I threw. Um... I mean, it had to be the last game of the year. Uh, I mean, there were some other really good games. I remember a game in Great Lakes uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, the, the way it worked out, man, normally you don't pitch against the same guy, like from their team, because there's a day off. They, they might get a day off, or you might get a day off between the times you played them. But we like we played a three-game set against them at home, then a three-game set on the road, maybe at West Michigan, and then another Excuse me. Three game set at Midland. So I pitch against this guy. He was like maybe the supplemental pick, second round pick. Throwing like ninety five. Uh, we had a great battle at home when we played. Then we went on the road and I faced him again. Had an. It might have been Fourth of July or close to July Fourth. July the third. You pitched July the third. Yeah. And uh, I think I had a pretty good outing that night. Maybe not. Seven innings, four hits, one run, three yeah. walks, three or one walk, three strikeouts. And it was, you know, we battled against each other, and you know, the next day you're doing your cardio, you know, running around the stadium, and you know, the first time we kind of told each other, "Hey, good job last night, well done." Second time around, I, you know, I think we ended up winning the game. He's like, "Hey, come on, man, seven innings, let's go." Uh, but he's a great kid. I don't remember his name. I'll have to look that up tonight. Um, but really good guy, and. You know, we're not friends, but you know we have that uh, you know that common bond where I'm sure we'll probably run into each other down the road, and I'm sure he'll probably remember it too, just because you remember those kind of things where he threw against a guy twice in a row and both well pitched games each time.
What was your worst game? The game against Fort Myers? I wouldn't even call that my worst game. Um, you know, I left a couple balls up, but it was just, you know, it was a Sunday game in Sarasota at 1 p.m. and 170 degrees. I, I didn't have my stuff. <laughs> I'd say my worst game of the year was, uh, I think it was maybe my third start. It was at uh, the Oakland team, and uh, Kane County. Kane County, I was leaving pitches up all night, and two jacks, uh, and the balls weren't even hit hard, but that I still say that's my fault because the wind was blowing out about 50 miles an hour, and going in when I was in the bullpen, my whole approach was wind's blowing out, number one priority, doesn't matter if it's a curveball, fastball, changeup, keep the ball down. And I left about 18 balls up in the zone. They had about two doubles off the wall, two home runs. And it was just a well, or terribly, it's not well, terribly executed game by myself. So, All right, let's do some miscellaneous stuff. All right. What's the nicest park you've played in? Uh, playing surface, Midland, Michigan, definitely gave Dayton a run for its money. Dayton, uh, everything combined, Dayton, hands down, not even close. Um, George Steinbrenner Field in Tampa is not bad. Uh, they didn't get the draw. Obviously, it's Florida State League. Um, what other stadiums down there? What's the biggest crowd you saw in the Florida State League last year? Probably the first night of the pitch, 1,400 was probably the max. Um, there might be another game I'm forgetting, but, yeah, it had to be that game. I don't think you didn't get it. You didn't get over onto the East Coast, though, did you? No, because I didn't. think Daytona draws fairly yeah, well. Yeah, I heard Daytona, the Cubs. Yeah. Um, so, so Midland has a great, great uh, surface, and they get probably forty-five hundred to five thousand every night. So, I mean, that's that's a good good night to play in, play there. And but you can't beat Dayton. I mean, seventy-five hundred, perfect field. But clubhouses and that kind of thing. Is there much difference from ballpark to ballpark? No. No, I mean, it's either old or new. <laughs> and you, like when you were in Billings, it was old. It was old. <laughs> Man, we've had a couple of guys talk, but Logan yes. talked at length about Logan Parker. What I'm still surprised about is the home side at Billings was terrible. I can't even imagine what the visitor <laughs> side was. But they don't have to worry about that anymore. They don't have to worry about that anymore. When when players are getting together and you guys are talking about other players and skills and that kind of thing, do you guys talk about stats or do you? Or is the talk more generic than that? I would say when you're talking to players, it's going to be generic. Uh, I would say the number one thing that you discuss is, you know, does he have a chance? You know, uh, you know, uh, like Logan Parker and I'll talk. You know, uh, he won't ask me this, but you know, let's say. Uh, Tony McConaughey, guy I played with college, been working out with the champions. He's in the Mets organization, and you know, we'll get around. And you know, Tony, he, you know, Logan will be talking. He might go get distracted. Tony will ask me, "Hey, what do you think about Parker? He's got a shot, you know. He keeps hitting the ball well, and the guy's got the shot to play in the majors. Um, so that that's probably the number one like priority thing. Can, does does he have the potential to even? Think about the skills. Yeah, does he have the skill set, the potential to even think about playing at the professional level? And then from there, you kind of break it down. Well, what's he do well? What's his game? Because I mean, that's the probably the biggest thing I learned this year was, uh, you know, there's not one set of tools that you have to have to play at the major league level. You ha what you have to do is decide what your tools are 
and refine them to the major league level. Um, I'm not a guy that's going to blow you away at 96 mile an hour. What I do is, you know, throw 90, change speeds with my fastball. You know, I'll run it up there at 93, 94 when I need to, but if I throw that every time, I'm going to get touched. Um, you know, get some sink on my ball, keep my off speed down. When I can do that and I can locate, you know, the sky's the limit. But that's what, that's the pitcher I am. That's the pitcher I need to perfect. Um, when I try and be somebody else, I'm not going to be successful. When you guys talk amongst yourselves, do you ever talk about age? Yeah, oh, yeah. Age has a lot to do with it. Money and age. Yeah, and, and where, you, yeah, where you were picked. Yeah, and, and draft picks, I, I won't say it's over overlooked because it's not. I mean, definitely not. Um, but money probably more so than the round that you were drafted in. But isn't one the same as the other? Uh, it can be, but it also can't be. Um, okay. Which is, you know, which I think is frivolous because, you know, you know, economics 101, I would consider that a sunk cost, but maybe not. Yeah, well, yeah. But if, you, if, <laughs> if you've got a 67 Rambler that you paid, you know, that's worth $300, or you got a 75 Camaro that, you know. Okay. You're, there's some you're going to trash one before you're going to let one go and not put any more money into it before right. you do the other. I guess there is some re utility related yeah. to the value. Um, is there any animosity in the right word, but is there any jealousy, animosity among players because of draft positions and maybe I won't say I won't say that they're given more they're probably given more rope, more opportunity. Oh, yeah. Is, is there is, is there bad feelings? Have you ever heard of bad feelings over that, or have you ever witnessed it? There's definitely bad feelings, and uh, the only thing I'll say about that is that uh, that's not going to get you know that's not going to get the thirtieth rounder any closer to the big leagues. It's jealousy. I mean, uh, the best thing you can do is just befriend that first rounder. I mean, you know, talent travels or together. Or use his motivation. Yeah, use his motivation. I mean, jealousy's not going to get him anywhere. You know, you you start getting concerned with somebody else or how somebody's not treating you right, and that's a sure path uh, out of the organization. And you're distracting yourself yeah. from the from the mission. From the goal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, thanks a lot there, Bill. Fantastic stuff. I hope you'll uh, join us next time around. We'll present the second half of that interview here in a few days with Matt Klinker. It's even more interesting, so I urge you to check back in with the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. As always, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that through iTunes. You can click on the RN radio tab up at the top of Red Leg Nation where you can find information on subscribing to it as well through whatever RSS source you need. And also, if you want to just listen to it via the Red Leg Nation website, we've got a little item over on the right-hand side, a little MP3 player that has all the Red's Red Leg Nation radio podcast, so you can listen to it as you browse the net. So feel free to do that. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, please don't hesitate to email me, chat at redlegnation.com. We'll answer any of your questions on a future podcast. Uh, until then, thanks once again. You are Red Leg Nation. Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.